Hello, hello. Thanks for coming back to listen to another Peter's Children adventure. If you've been listening to the other stories, you might remember Todd Hicks, a rude, ornery boy, who was also in another story a few weeks back, and is an integral part of this week's story, Pearson Peters and the Bad Company. You'll hear how Penelope's patience is tested as she has to deal with Todd's ill-mannered behavior, like his distasteful language, his burps, and unpleasant laugh. On the other hand, Pearson works at being kind and gracious, even when Todd calls him names. And don't forget, if you hear a hymn title or a line from a hymn in the story, make sure to email us your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Our first goal in bringing you these stories is to glorify God. But our other goals also include introducing or reintroducing old hymns of the faith. We encourage parents and children to read the words to the hymns and even to sing them together. We love new songs and hymns of the present generation, but we want young listeners to be acquainted with the rich doctrine found in so many of the hymns of old. All right, time to listen to this week's story. Pearson Peters and the Bad Company In general, Pearson Peters loves school. He always got good grades, and his favorite, aside from P.E., of course, was math. Unlike others in his class, he never had to guess at the answers because he found numbers to be straightforward and the answers clear. He almost always got the answers right, and on the occasion when he would get a wrong answer, it was almost always due to negligence or trying to go too quickly. It helped that Mr. Richardson, his math teacher, was super good at math and made the class fun with a sense of humor. And it certainly didn't hurt that, at least once a week, Mr. Richardson's wife, Mrs. Richardson, who was one of the school secretaries, baked cookies for the class. And how the students loved when Mr. Richardson would incorporate the cookies into the math lessons by having them count each individual chocolate chip in the cookies as part of a math problem. Obviously, though, the best thing about Mrs. Richardson's cookies was that, after the kids finished using them as math manipulatives, they were allowed to gobble them all up, down to the very last cookie crumb. Even with such hands-on learning, though, some of the students still struggled mightily with math. One of those students was Todd Hicks, who was seated next to Pearson. Todd Hicks was somewhat well-known to the Peters family, especially to Pearson's sister Penelope. Not so long ago, she had gotten her fill of Todd Hicks after he had called Babs Decker a poop face while playing on the playground. When she had taken issue with it, Todd had said something like, Fine! I won't call you a poop face! I'll call you a peepee head! Then he had laughed that maniacal laugh of his, <laughs> and run away. His behavior in math class wasn't much different. Todd was never at a loss for words, often blurting out anything that was on his mind, which was rarely a correct answer, and he never raised his hand, much to the chagrin of Mr. Richardson, who was always patient and would firmly remind him, Todd, raise your hand, or I can't hear you. Todd even passed notes sometimes around the class. Just the other day, he had handed a note to Pearson with the question, Want to trade lunches today? But Pearson knew better than to answer and just crumbled up the note and dropped it beneath his desk. At recess, Todd approached Pearson. Dude, why'd you ignore my note? Pearson felt a little bit nervous and answered, I, I don't want to get 
get in trouble, but, but, but we can trade lunches if you really want. What's in yours, though? Todd answered, I've got salami, cheese, crackers, an apple, and some cashews. Pearson said, oh, yeah? My mom made me a roast beef sandwich and put in a yogurt and beef jerky and an orange. Todd scrunched up his nose. Well, you can keep your yogurt. Let's just trade the rest. Yogurt smells like rotten eggs and tastes like throw-up. So no thank you. Pearson agreed to the trade, but didn't mention how much he loved yogurt, especially Greek yogurt with peaches in the bottom. He was too embarrassed because he imagined that Todd would say, Ew, you like to eat throw-up? Todd looked at Pearson. You want to play tag? Pearson had generally avoided Todd because he had such a potty mouth. But Pearson didn't think Todd was so bad and figured there was no harm in playing with him. For the rest of recess, the boys were inseparable. And when the bell rang, signaling that recess was over, Todd suggested that maybe they could play together some more. Maybe even after school, too. Pearson wasn't so sure about the proposition and gave a noncommittal, uh, maybe, on the bus ride home that afternoon, for the first time ever, Todd Hicks came and sat by Pearson, who was already sitting by his sister Penelope. Todd gave a brief look at Penelope and said, Hey girl, whose name I don't know. And then he gave a short laugh, the laugh that bugged Penelope to no end. <laughs> Penelope, who had never taken a shine to Todd because of his potty mouth, looked at him. Oh, hi, Todd. But my name's Penelope, by the way. She answered less than enthusiastically. In Todd fashion, he answered, Oh, hello! That got on her last nerve, but not as much as what happened next. Todd let out a monstrous, loud, obnoxious, long burp. (laughs) Oops! Hey, that stinks worse than your yogurt, dude! Although Pearson chuckled. (laughs) He was slightly uneasy about the way Todd was acting. Penelope, though, made no secret of her dislike for Todd and rolled her eyes. For the entire bus ride home, Todd talked Pearson and Penelope's ears off about how good he was at soccer. And he kept saying how he was by far the best person on his team. And he scored almost all the goals, so he was the top scorer. And and he was so good. And, And he kept on and on and on. Penelope, in her zero tolerance policy toward Todd, chastised him. Hey, Todd, you should really let another man praise you and not your own lips. It was a verse from Proverbs that she had memorized some time ago at Iwana. Without letting Todd see, Pearson pinched Penelope, embarrassed by her harsh tone. She let out a small, ouch, but Todd didn't even seem to notice. Wow, Priscilla, I don't even know what that means. With a disgusted look on her face, Penelope looked sideways at Todd and said, Once more, my name is Penelope, and it means that you should stop your bragging. Sorry, Pen, but it's also not bragging to tell the truth, because I'm definitely the best person on the team, I score the most goals, and I'm really, really good. Penelope shuddered at the idea of Todd Hicks using her nickname, but also at that moment, she realized she should probably be a little kinder toward him. The bus finally pulled up in front of the Peters driveway, and Pearson and Penelope got off and strode toward their house. As they walked, Pearson looked at Penelope and said, You know, you don't have to be so rude to Todd. That was embarrassing. Penelope, not wanting Pearson to see her shame, answered defensively, Todd is such a potty mouth. I don't know why you're sitting by him anyway. 
I don't know. He wants to be my friend, Pearson responded. You should be nicer. Penelope didn't say anything more as the two walked into the house. At dinner later that evening, Pearson told Mama and Daddy Peters all about Todd. Daddy Peters began to pepper Pearson with questions. Isn't that the kid with the potty mouth? Well, yep, but it's not like we're best friends. I don't know. He's not so bad, and I kind of don't mind him. Daddy Peters responded, That's fine, bud, as long as you remember that bad company corrupts good morals. You should be a good influence on him and not let him be a bad influence on you. I don't know how that's possible, Daddy, Penelope observed as she injected herself into the conversation. All Todd talks about is pee, poop, gas. He calls me Priscilla. And then just today, he burped almost right in my face. Daddy Peters looked disapprovingly at Penelope. Darling, I wonder if you're being a little bit self-righteous. Just think about it. It doesn't make Todd Hicks a worse sinner than you, does it? Penelope pondered the question for a moment. I guess not, Daddy. Pearson nodded smugly in Penelope's direction. The next morning, Todd found his way to the Peters and sat next to them on the bus. Penelope whispered to Pearson, Bad company corrupts good morals. Although she didn't whisper it in a way that seemed to care about Pearson, but more to show her disapproval of his new relationship. Pearson was bothered by Penelope's persistence, but tried to overlook it and welcome Todd. You guys want to play at recess? Looking back and forth between Penelope and Pearson. How about it, Priscilla? Again, my name is Penelope, and I don't have the same recess times at you. But maybe another time, Todd. She said without any regret. Pearson, though, had a different response. I can play. We can ask Finn, too. We always play Foursquare. Cool. Finn! Want to play Foursquare at recess? Todd yelled to the back of the bus at Finn, who had been quietly staring out the window. Finn had been so lost in thought that it jarred him to hear Todd yell at him out of the blue. But he happily answered, Sure, Todd. I'll play. Penelope stared at Todd in complete disbelief. Was there no end to his brashness? Pearson seemed amused by Todd and was smiling at Penelope in a way that asked, Isn't this guy hilarious? Penelope did not return the smile. At recess, Pearson had a good time of playing Foursquare with Todd and the other boys. But he also noticed a remarkable difference between Todd's speech and his own. For instance, more than once Todd said the word stupid. He wasn't talking about anyone in particular. But he said the Foursquare rules were stupid. And the ball that was pink was stupid. And he called Pearson a dork when Pearson said how much he loved math. Pearson was somewhat put out by Todd's words, but also realized that it didn't really seem like Todd put much thought into what he said before he ran at the mouth. Pearson knew that Todd's words were unacceptable, but he didn't say anything. And at lunchtime, Todd again sat next to Pearson and Finn and talked endlessly about the delights of canned cheese. He loved canned cheese. And squirting it all over the crackers seemed to be something in which he took a great deal of pleasure. Pearson had never seen canned cheese and really wasn't that excited when Todd squirted it on his sesame crackers without asking. Pearson took a bite. That's so salty. But as he continued to squish it around in his mouth, he began to develop a taste for it. Hey, that's pretty good. Try it, Finn. 
Pearson encouraged. Finn happily obliged and took a bite. It is good, Pierce. It tastes like American cheese that I can swish, Finn said. Right? You guys were such dorks to never have had it before, Todd teased. Finn looked at Pearson and back at Todd. It's not super nice to call people dork, Todd. Pearson looked nervously at Todd, unsure of how he would take Finn's admonition. Oh, okay, sorry. I I just say stuff. I'll try not to call you that, Todd said, squirting more cheese into his mouth. And while we're on the subject, I do notice you guys don't say a lot of stuff I say. I'll try to do better. Pearson was totally stunned by his response. Perhaps Todd had just never really considered how his words affected others. But it appeared like he was willing to learn and change. And that was a lot more than Pearson could say about himself sometimes. Breaking his reverie was Todd, holding out his can of cheese to Pearson. You can have it. We have some at home. Pearson took the can of cheese from Todd and squirted some into his mouth on his way to math class. Mr. Richardson began teaching subtraction of three-digit numbers. Pearson listened intently and watched as Mr. Richardson worked through the problems on the board. About a half hour into the class, Pearson's stomach began to growl. He remembered the cheese stowed in the side compartment of his backpack, and carefully and quietly, he reached in and brought it to his mouth. He quickly leaned back and pressed the nozzle of the cheese, aiming at his mouth. However, in one split second, the cheese missed his mouth completely and arced high into the air, landing on Samantha Jones' braided bun. Samantha, who sat behind Todd, yelled out and reached for her bun. What was that? She demanded to know, feeling the goo in her bun and bringing her hand down covered in smeared orange. Her face got beet red as she considered what the alien substance might be. Oh! It's Todd Hicks' cheese! She was pretty much shrieking by that point. Mr. Richardson turned from the board and looked in the direction of Todd and Samantha. What is going on? he asked. Mr. Richardson, Todd squirted his cheese in my hair, Samantha said, pointing at Todd, who looked confused. Todd Hicks, you are to go to the principal's office right now, he sternly ordered. And Samantha, please go clean out the cheese from your hair in the bathroom. But, but, but Mr. Richardson, I, I didn't... I, Todd stammered. What is it, Todd? Mr. Richardson did his best to maintain his patience. I didn't spray your hair. Well, was it your can of cheese? I know how you like those things. Well, yeah, it was, but I didn't spray your hair. Mr. Richardson looked helpless and had the absolute look of bewilderment about what to do or how to get to the bottom of it. As the ruckus continued, Pearson sat in his seat in stunned silence. Todd, I'm not saying I don't believe you, but if it's your can of cheese, it seems like you're better able to explain the situation than I am. Please go to Mr. Steeling's office and explain to him what's happened. Pearson almost felt paralyzed as he watched Todd pack up his bag and start walking toward the door. After what seemed like an eternity, he finally found his voice. Uh, uh, Mr. Richardson? Pearson croaked nervously. Yes, Pearson, what is it? Mr. Richardson asked, still not exactly sure what to make of what had just happened. It was Todd's cheese, but, but he gave it to me. I sprayed Samantha's hair. It was an accident, though. I, I didn't mean to. Pearson responded in staccato-like sentences. It was you? Mr. Richardson was aghast by the revelation. Pearson had never done anything to cause even a mite of trouble. 
How could this possibly be? Yes, sir. It was me, Pearson admitted, clearly embarrassed by the scene he created. Well, I think you need to go see Mr. Steeling. Go ahead and sit back down, Todd. Mr. Richardson seemed hesitant to send Pearson to the principal, since it was only his first offense. At the same time, though, he had been all too willing to send Todd, and he knew he couldn't play favorites. So to stay consistent, he did what he thought was best by all appearances. With a somewhat fearful heart, Pearson shuffled slowly to Mr. Steeling's office. Mr. Steeling was about as nice a principal as anyone could ever ask for. He even went to the same church as Pearson, and sometimes he handed out mints to the kids at school. In this setting, however, Pearson had no desire to sit with Mr. Steeling. He knew getting sent to the principal meant an automatic phone call to bring in his parents. Yikes! That could not be good. Mama and Daddy Peters had never been called by Mr. Steeling before, and Pearson was pretty sure that they didn't want to start a new tradition. Pearson was told to sit in the waiting room for Mama Peters' arrival. Some 20 minutes later, Mama Peters appeared at the office door, looking pregnant and tired, hot and flustered. She looked at Pearson. What's this all about, Piers? Just as he began to explain, Mr. Steeling motioned them into his office. I appreciate you coming in, Mrs. Peters. As he handed her a cold bottle of water, which she happily accepted. After a brief pause, Mr. Steeling launched into the reason Mama had been called to the school. I understand that Pearson sprayed some cheese into Samantha Jones's hair today during math class. What? Pearson, where did the cheese come from? Mama Peters was appalled by Pearson's sudden display of dairy violence. Todd gave it to me, Pearson muttered. Oh boy, I knew it! Mr. Steeling, this will not happen again. Todd is a bad influence and Pearson will not be allowed to play with him. I am so sorry. Piers, Daddy Peters and I warned you over and over about what the Bible says about bad company corrupting good morals. Well, I don't know the whole story, Mr. Steeling began, but I'm trying to figure... He was cut off in mid-sentence by Pearson. Mr. Steeling? Pearson took an extra long breath before continuing. This has nothing to do with Todd. It was a total accident. I was super hungry in class, and, and my stomach was growling. And Todd had given me some lunch, I mean some cheese, at lunchtime. And I remembered it was in my bag, so I reached in and tried to sneak a bite during class. Only the nozzle didn't work quite right, and I sprayed Samantha, and, and I've made this big old mess. Mama Peters, it wasn't Todd's fault. It was mine. I see, Mr. Steeling said. And I understand. I always get hungry when I think hard. But you know the rules, that we aren't supposed to eat in class unless we have our teacher's permission. Right, Pearson? It's important to obey those rules, too. I know, Mr. Steeling, and I'm very sorry. I forgive you, bud. I think that maybe Mr. Richardson will give you the chalkboard consequence. You'll have to clean his erasers every day for a week. You'll need to talk to him, too, about disobeying the rules, and to Samantha, for the accident. I'm certainly glad that you spoke up, though, because Todd would have been punished for something that he hadn't done. It was Mama Peter's turn to speak. 
Oh, Pearson, I'm so glad you told the whole story and didn't implicate Todd like I did. Mr. Steeling, I am so sorry for assuming the worst about Todd Hicks, who had nothing to do with it. I feel terrible. Please forgive me. Mama Peters was genuinely sad that she had falsely accused Todd. I understand, and thank you for that, Mr. Steeling responded. So can I send Pearson back to class? Of course. I love you, Piers. And don't forget, no more eating in class, Mama Peters playfully instructed before hugging Pearson and sending him on his way. After Pearson left the room, Mr. Steeling added, I understand your feelings about Todd, but I think he's just lacking self-control with his tongue. He's got a very tender heart and seems to care about doing better. From what I've observed, I think the friendship between him and Pearson could be a very good thing. Pearson may even have a chance to share Jesus with Todd. Oh, Mr. Steeling, I feel terrible. It was my pride that caused me to blame Todd. And I must admit that I was a little worried about their friendship. I'm so thankful for your wisdom and insight, though, Mama Peters said softly, her eyes filling with tears. We all do that sort of thing, Mrs. Peters. Thanks for coming in and helping to straighten things out. You're welcome to take the kids home so they don't have to ride the bus, Mr. Steeling added. With that, Mama Peters slowly walked out of the office. Slowly is the only way one can walk with two baby girls in your belly, and waited in front of the school for the bell to ring. A few minutes later, Penelope came out, arm in arm with Emily, followed closely by Pearson, who was walking with Finn and Todd. All the children seemed surprised to see Mama Peters. Hey, Mama! You're still here? Pearson appeared relieved to see her. He was still recovering from his close shave in the principal's office. I'm going to take you guys home. Hey, Emily. Hey, Finn. And hi, Todd. I'm so glad to see you, Mama Peters exclaimed, feeling especially soft toward the boy that Mr. Steeling had just endorsed. Hi, Todd said enthusiastically. I didn't know you knew my name. I'm friends with Pearson and Priscilla. Penelope looked at Todd and then at Mama Peters and tried to contain her aggravation. Well, that's good to hear. Mama Peters couldn't contain her laughter. Any friend of Pearson and Priscilla is a friend of mine, except her name is Penelope. Oops! Sorry, Pen, Todd said apologetically. Ah, uh, it's okay. Penelope's heart was filled with kindness toward Todd as she realized he just couldn't help himself, and she could tell he genuinely wanted to be friends with them. Mama Peters was speaking again. Pearson, Penelope, we need to leave. Then she addressed the others. How about we have you all over after school on Friday? I'll check with your moms, and maybe I can drive you all home. That brought loud cheers of, Yay! Yes! Yeah! from every one of the five children. On the drive home, Mama Peters chatted with Penelope and Pearson about what had happened that day. Pearson told Mama Peters that Todd wanted to be their friends and that he was trying to change his potty mouth. After having chatted with Mr. Steeling about Todd and talking with him herself, Mama Peters was convinced and remarked that she regretted thinking the worst about him. As Penelope sat listening to all that had taken place in a span of a couple of hours, she quietly repented of her critical spirit toward Todd and she thanked the Lord that he had stopped her from being too unkind before she had hurt Todd's feelings. 
Mama Peters caught Penelope's eye in the rearview mirror and winked at her, as if to say, I know what you're thinking, and I'm so thankful for God's grace to me, too. After a few minutes of silence, as they each reflected on the events of the day, Mama flipped on the car's CD player, and the melody of, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, filled not only the car, but the hearts and minds of Mama, Pearson, and Penelope as well. Hello again. Welcome to Grandmom's Corner. I know that I ask nearly every week, wasn't that a good story? But I can't help myself because it's true. In this week's story, I really like Pearson's forgiving attitude and kindness toward Todd, even after Todd made fun of him and after he was rude by calling him a dork. Have you ever known someone who was unkind and rude to you? Or perhaps you were the one who was unkind and nasty. Last night, I had a conversation with my youngest daughter, who gave me permission to share a little story about her. She has nine siblings and a close relationship with them. When two of her sisters began dating guys they eventually married, she was a little jealous and sad because she knew they would be moving out and she would miss them. She was impolite and unpleasant to the guys, and she even used a word that Todd used, stupid, to describe one of them. But you know what? They treated her with utmost courtesy and kindness. Before too long, she was ashamed of her behavior and repented of her sin. She told the guys she was sorry, and they all became good friends. I'm so thankful that those guys, who are now my sons-in-law, obeyed what 1 Peter 3 commands us to do when we are treated unfairly or unkindly. I'll turn to 1 Peter 3 in my Bible and read verse 8 and part of verse 9. Here's what it says. To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Ask God to help you be kind and gentle with people no matter how they treat you. We hope you come back for another good story next week. Bye for now.